Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode number 33, the Eddie Murray episode. I'm your host, Brian Professor Pettis, and with me, as always, is my illustrious co-host, Titanium Tony Estrella. Titanium. Professor! How you doing? Good, man. Take us to school. Um, Good show today. We got What If Review, we got a... Eternals trailer review. We got Titans. Uh, I guess the fourth episode review. We, we're going to get in, uh, all into it. And we got some exciting news too. So hang out for some exciting news. Uh, we got a little Spider Man blip. I tell you what, it is we had we've gotten through the lull. I think of the summer, and we are now kind of in what I, what I, I think is like prime time for comic book media right now. So I think we've got so much to talk about each week, and you know even. With the little minor episodes that are coming out each week, we're like, hey, let's put together some show notes and figure out what we're going to talk about. Well, there's so much stuff to talk about that we really don't have a problem doing that. So. No, there's news coming out daily. Oh. Um, and it's going to keep coming, I think. I think you're right. That lull has... has come has and gone. Pe- it's come and gone. Right. We're, we're in the thick of it, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, before we get started, we want to start by thanking the listeners who bring the show to you. And those are our patrons. Patreon.com slash Supertalk. That's how you can support the show directly. All it takes is sign up to become a patron. It means you want to donate a dollar every time we put together an episode. When it releases, you donate a dollar. That's about it. And now you're one of the listeners that's sponsoring the show and bringing it to the audience. So those patrons out there, we thank you again for everything you're doing for us. If you want to be a part of that list, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Supertalk. Yeah, thank you to uh, those folks and those fans that uh, joined that. We really appreciate it, and it helps, trust me. All right, well, let's do it. Let's jump right into the reviews this week. And, of course, our reviews is, are sponsored by Gooder Sunglasses. G-O-O-D-R dot com is how you get to their website. Gooder.com. You want to order some sunglasses. I'm going to tell you, we had some practical use of these things this weekend, didn't we? I'm still sore. Well. I'm still sore. Professor. That has nothing to do with the Gooder Sunglasses. <laughs> I, but let me tell you, I was sweating my ass off, and I was jumping around. I was diving for balls. Those glasses didn't move off my face. You and I played... Pickleball for about two hours this weekend, yep. and we were hot, sweaty messes most of the time. It was because warm. that's what we big guys yeah. like us happens. It was warm, yes, but those glasses were awesome, solid, stayed on our face, solid the entire time. Yeah. I've never slipped down my nose. Uh, were were awesome, yeah, um, good so stuff. Go check them out. Gooder.com, G O O D R.com. Twenty five bucks gets you high quality. Polarized lenses, they're, they're just fantastic. Yeah, they just opened up a new store in, uh, I think, uh, Ventura Beach. Is it Ventura? Is that, am Venice I saying Beach? it right? Venice Beach. Venice Beach, a brand new store. I'll put a picture of it up uh, for YouTubers. But um, yeah, just opened up a brand new retail store, Venice Beach. It kind of looks cool, like a fun awesome. little place. So, awesome. Yeah, good for them. All right, well, let's get into the reviews. And we've got a, a bunch of things to talk about. First, let's, let's jump right in. We had a new What If ex- episode this week. What If T'Challa became a Star-Lord. Pretty special, I thought. I mean... Uh, Across so many spectrums. It, it really was. It, it, it The story was uh, outstanding. It was such... Remember when I said last time these these what-if episodes, they, they stay on the same rails as the original stories, but they deviate a lot uh, as far as the storylines. This was absolutely really cool. I mean, it was just... The way they laid it out of why they got him and how it was a, kind of a mistake because he sent, uh, you know, Yondu sent some guys down to pick up somebody and they, they picked up some the wrong sensor from the terrestrial sensor. I guess they were reading the vibranium, picked up the wrong guy and just what he did in space and everything. It was, I, I this is one of my favorite episodes. Not that I have a lot to judge, but I'm talking about it was one of my favorite episodes. I think that what you just away. mentioned was, is, one of my favorite parts of what if the explain the explainer behind why the there's a deviation in what we know they weave so it into awesome. the story they weave They're it like, into okay, the story well, let's say what if yandu decided to leave you know picking up star uh picking up uh e- egos child from earth to a couple of his 
cronies, lackeys, and lackeys, instead of doing it himself. Right. Well, and they said, well, we just needed to pick up some Earthling. We didn't know they were all different. And, you know, we, we read some space metal, and we figured that's where it came from, so that's why we went and got this kid. And <laughs> yeah. But what happens from there is pretty special. And, and again, from Jump, and not necessarily from Jump, because he was a kid in the first couple minutes of the uh, episode, but the adult T'Challa we saw voiced by Chadwick Boseman to yeah. hear him play that role again um, was pretty special. Yeah, it was cool. It definitely, and it was him, you, and you could tell it was him, and it resonated. And And I thought that, um, that well, again, the story was so impactful, how he was like not really a, a thief, but more like a modern-day or a, a, a space Robin, Robin Hood. Hood, you know, stealing from the rich, giving to the poor. He was famous throughout the, the universe. His uh, Derek, yeah, so awesome. One of the other things I wanted to mention in this episode specifically, I think almost everybody, with like one or two minor exceptions, almost everybody yeah. came back to voice their character in yeah. this episode. So, and there's a lot of characters, and this includes Josh Brolin as Thanos. Yep. This includes um, Nebula, um, the chick that played Nebula. Right. Mm-hmm. This includes uh, uh, Michael Rucker as Yondu. Yeah. They all came back. Um, Sean Gunn's brother, Tim Gunn, I yeah. think it is, plays one, one of the guys, one of the Ravagers. Uh-huh. Um, they all came back to voice these characters, and I thought that was really cool. A good, really cool part. Uh, Benicio Del Toro came back as the collector. Yeah. I mean, they all came back. Um, Drax was the only one, and, and apparently right. the story behind that <laughs> was that Dave Batista's agent never gave him the message that they wanted him to do this. And he would have done it. And he would have done it in a second. There but wasn't the a conflict. Agent, there wasn't was, a re- no, he just was no never conflict, told. nothing. And he was a little bitter. He was at pissed. first, he, well, he went back and he said, no, they never asked me to do this. And then later his agent was like, well... Yeah, they kind of did. My bad. It was on a sticky note. You didn't get it? Your refrigerator? But it's it's amazing <laughs> that even if he found out late, they could have gone back and re-recorded his parts, I, I, I guess. guess. But I they probably know. already paid the other guy to do the voice yeah. or whatever. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. But I, again, what one of the best parts of this episode is, and I, I wonder how much Chris Pratt feels um, slighted by this a little bit, that you know, Chris Pratt becomes Star-Lord and all this stuff that we've seen in Guardians of the Galaxy happens. And then T'Challa becomes Star-Lord and he's like this modern-day Robin Hood. Everybody knows him and loves him and he's like a, a hero of the yeah, multiverse. he's a hero. He's world-renowned. I mean, universe-renowned. I mean, everybody loves well, the guy. The iconic scene from Guardians of the Galaxy where he goes to steal the Power Stone. Yeah. Um, we have that same scene and remember Chris Pratt in uh, Star Lord, in in the original Guardians of the Galaxy, says, "You might know me by another name, Star Lord." He goes, "Who? Star Lord?" Yeah. And this time, he says, "Oh my gosh, it's you! Yeah. It's really you!" He's a total fanboy. Oh, yeah. He's a total fanboy. <laughs> Can you take a selfie? You know, awesome. it's so funny. It yeah. was great. It was uh, it was awesome. Um, and then just from there, finding out that he's kind of leading the Ravagers, and they've become this, like you said. It's it's Robin Hood and the Merry Men. They become yeah, this band, like of, a lovable group of people that uh, people want to be with. And then the the fact that he talks Thanos out of his destiny and he joins the group, the Mad Titan. I thought that was hilarious. Let's tell the story about how you talk the Mad Titan out of out of uh, not going trying to kill Captain Genocide is what the yeah. He's him. like he's like it's very efficient, you know. But he, he was very friendly, and Josh Brolin again played came back to play his role. Um, yeah, but it, you know, so that was another big twist. Yeah. Um, the other big twist is that they had kind of this plot with Nebula to get something from the collector, a double cross into a triple cross. Right. Yeah. It was cool. It was like an ocean's 11 type, uh, theft going on. I, yeah. Really neat. I, I liked it a lot. I yeah. thought it was pretty cool. It was great. And then we, we got some big Easter eggs in the, in the, in the show, I guess in this universe, um, you know, Thor might be dead because the collector had Mjolnir in his collection. He also had Captain, Captain America's, America's shield. shield. He also had Hela's uh, helmet that now he could create necro swords right. and all these other things. I mean, so there was a lot of things in his little collection that you wouldn't have thought would be in there. Um, and he was this big, strong, powerful character. had kind of become this dominating character because there was, without Thanos, what Thanos said, he said, without me... 
um, there was a vacuum and somebody had to take over right. as kind of the universal bad guy and it ended up being the collector. The collector kind of filled that spot of the big bad. So when Thanos yep. pulled to the good side, how awesome, how great. And I hear we're going to get Chadwick's voice in two more episodes. Yeah, he's going to play that character throughout the rest of the, the series and a couple more of the... the we assume again that these characters are going to be coming together at some point in sure. time in the future. Yeah. Um, as the guardians of the, un- of the multiverse or whatever. We'll, yeah, we'll get Gamora in a, in a couple of episodes uh, down the road, maybe. And uh, well, I know she's going to be in a, an episode or so, but yeah, I thought it was great. One of the best episodes. Well, and the other big subplot was um, uh, he was lied to. He, he was told that his family, the Wakandans were destroyed. Yeah. And then he finds out that they had sent a spaceship out to look for him yeah. and they couldn't find him, but they end up taking the Wakandan spaceship from the collector. Um, and he ends up flying home. Yeah. They go home and you know, he reunites with his family. And so he's now back on earth with all of his ravager friends, you know, now they're kind of, and that's where the episode really ended was they're yeah. now reunited and we'll see where it goes. Well, from I here. actually had a cool uh, end credit scene with uh, ego Going into the Dairy Queen, where where the original uh, original Star Lord Peter Quill Peter Quill Peter Quill's working Dairy Queen up, yeah yeah sweeping up the floor and Ego walks in that was pretty cool that's a nice little twist yep so yeah, it was a good episode really good and 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 again these have been entertaining good storylines and, and the fact that these actors came back to voice um, their characters is great. Um, even you know, some of the smaller parts, you know, have one or two lines. You know, yeah. they're they're still the guys that played the role, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, let's let's get into Titans. Yep, season three, episode four. So again, they dropped the first three episodes uh, last week, and then this Thursday we got episode four. Um, I'd say good episode. I wasn't blown away like I was with the first three. Yeah. I saw this episode. I think you're being generous. I think it's a filler episode. I thought this episode was really kind of one that moves the plot forward. Yeah. Nothing really substantial happened. A couple of minor things, but it was one that was kind of moving the plot in the direction they're trying to take the show. Yeah. Right? A filler episode, I think. It was okay. Uh, It wasn't my favorite episode. The first three episodes blew me away. Right. Um, This episode was, uh, was all right. It was somewhat entertaining. I mean, Blackfire was a disappointment. I thought, I thought she was going to be more powerful than what she is apparently, or or was. Well, and the way that they chose to to introduce her, because when we saw at the end of season two, she had basically come to Earth and was on a mission to kind of basically kill her sister. Yeah, because her sister has a claim to the throne, and she was pissed. Yeah, she's and then, very powerful, big bad. Right. In this episode, we find out she's been captured by the U.S. government, has been was being held against her will, right. and had some mind connection to to Starfire, to her sister, and that's yeah. she came to kind of basically with Garth, uh, rescued Blackfire, and, and the three of them left this government facility, and that was it. Yeah. Um, so now Starfire is with Blackfire, and we're kind of going to see where that goes. Yeah. Um, and then. The other big uh, storyline of this episode was Robin um, tr- doing what, not Robin, Nightwing, uh, Dick Grayson, doing what he could to take down the Red Hood. Right. He had figured out that um, Scarecrow, who has had been in custody of the Gotham police and supposedly was helping the police find the Red Hood, was secretly the mentor that... The Red Hood had so that he was the Red Scarecrow helped him fake his death or reincarnate himself or something chemically or medically or whatever he did. Um, he's helped him kill Hank, you know, and, yeah. and all these other things. So uh, he's been behind, you know, leading the Red Hood down the path. Somewhat of, he's of the mastermind. Yeah. Right. And uh, Dick Grayson figured it out and kidnapped him and took him to as a, bait. Yeah. Took him to a cabin in the woods that. Uh, Batman used to train the Robins. It was their training grounds. Um, and he basically was... Whoop, Thanos is gone. Uh, he was basically using Scarecrow as bait because he knew Red Hood would come after him and, and try to get him. Yeah, he tried to set up a, somewhat of a uh, a trap for the Red Hood. That was a cool fight scene there. Um, I just, you know, I just think the Red Hood is perceived as more technical and 
Yeah, I don't know why. And, and again, he's, they did this in the like, comic They're books making too. him seem like he's this. He was Robin before. He was Jason, right? So now he's this masterful technician and this guy that thinks three or four steps ahead all of a sudden. Yeah, and then, and he uses guns instead of like you know his it, fighting ability. Yeah, and and they did that in the comic books too. Um, and again, this happened for you know several issues where the Red Hood was a villain and he was so different from Robin. You never would have suspect, suspected it was it was a Robin, right? And that's the reason why With he Jason used Todd, guns yeah. and did all these other different things. They did it to kind of you know keep the perception away from it being you know a, a, the Robin character, yeah. or Tim Drake. But we kind of now know this and he's still kind of why is he so different you know yeah d different and so much superior i mean i just i think nightwing could take him if he was jason todd but now it's like he's the biggest adversary he's ever faced well i mean he they fought against each other several times before and jason todd got his ass kicked. jason todd always got his ass kicked by nightwing yeah. and he was pissed off about that but now all of a sudden they're equals so maybe chemically he's enhanced i don't know yeah We'll find out. Yeah, so those were the big two plot Filler lines episode. of this episode. Again, not anything substantial. Um, no real indicators of. I mean, and at the end of the episode, Red Hood escapes. Shocker. Scarecrow escape, escapes. Escapes. Shocker. Yeah. Um, and so we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next. All right. Well, big drop that we got this week was just a huge surprise. It was yeah. dropped at like midnight on Wednesday, I believe. Uh, we got a full trailer for The Eternals. Let me go on the record as saying I've been skeptical of this film from the beginning. Are you trying to apologize? I'm not apologizing. Okay. No, at all. Um, I, I said, I don't know about this film. It's it's taking a big chance. You know, with, with the director and the cast that they have, it's got to be a home run. And Kevin Feige has said that it's, visually stunning like the way she shot this film visually stunning it's probably the most visually um uh, visually cinematically uh, it's one of the best marvel movies ever made cinematically yeah visually or, or shot the way it was shot is the probably one of the best marvel movies that's what he has been saying then that teaser came out and i was disappointed i was like ah guess what uh, it just didn't do it for me. I wasn't excited. Now this trailer comes out and I'm excited. <laughs> this, this trailer is, and, and I will tell you this thing. I'm still a little weary of, I don't like the way they've done the deviants. I just, I don't like that. They made them look, made them uh, look too spacey. All CGI. All CGI, too spacey. I think they needed to make them more organic, like an, like an Humanoid. experiment gone wrong. They yeah. look too refined, too perfect, too, um, you know, shiny and put together. I, I thought they should make them like very organic and like almost like mutant type zombie type beasts, you know, instead of these creatures that look like they're they're straight out of space, you know. So I I am disappointed in that, but the rest of it it looks great. We got we got some answers to a lot of questions, like where were you when the Thanos? What happened? Yeah, they asked it directly in the trailer. Oh, so great, and and I love, and I, you can kind of tell the way they're using um, Dane Whitman, the Black Knight character in the movie, is explaining to us the audience through his character why and what are, is happening with the Eternals because yeah. he's the you know uh, human in this whole scenario who doesn't yeah. understand everything, asking a lot of questions. Right. And the answers he's getting is what we would have been asking. And one of the one of the questions he asks is, "Where were you when Thanos attacked? Why weren't you there? And or all the other, you know, Ultron or all the other things that have happened? Right. Where were you?" And they said, "We were instructed, we were instructed not to interfere in in the affairs of men unless it involved deviants." Yes. And then he says, "By who?" And then they show pictures of the celestials. The celestials, yeah, which is really cool. And that big red celestial is the Judger. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I don't know which one it is. But yeah. yeah. There's they're, typically they're saying it's the judger. And then the other one was the analyzer, the big green one that was like creating a galaxy. But so cool. Those things are going to be so cool. So we got we got celestials, we got eternals and we got deviants. Right. And humans and humans in the mix there. Yeah. Um, and, and and again, I, 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 I go. 
I'll say this again. I think the real main thing this movie's trying to do is introduce the possibility of the mutant gene. And, you know, so the Celestials were in charge of creating and cultivating life. Yeah. And so what they did was they seeded Earth. They came to Earth uh, when humans were, you know, Cro-Magnons. We were, you know, just barely evolving into humans. And they experimented on us and did all kinds of other things. And they left the deviants and the Eternals here. And they came back, you know, another time to check in on us. And the deviants were, were like doing all kinds of bad stuff. And that's when they said, okay, Eternals, you need to take over and crush the deviants and everything else. We'll be back in a few thousand years. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're, they were experimenting on humankind and eventually they're, they're going to come here to judge humankind, whether or not we're worthy enough to stay or become a, a human, a, a, a lifelong race that can continue. Right. Um, and ultimately when they created, when they experimented on us, they, they were the ones responsible for, putting the mutant gene in the gene pool of humans so that eventually humankind would mutate when it was necessary, when right. it was proper. And so the, the eternal, not the eternals, the celestials were responsible for the mutant gene being introduced into humankind. Um, all the, all the other superheroes who got their powers from radiation, things like that, they're mutates, right? They yeah. mutated. Right. Um, but the X-Men and what we call mutants had a gene that manifested itself at some point in time in their life, and they be, they developed some type of mutant abilities. Could the fact that when she's telling the story of what happened, could the cosmic energy and the energy of bringing, shutting half of life off in the universe and then bringing half of life uh, back caused such a cosmic energy that it, it started something she called it the um, celestial host no the uh, emergence the emergence so, so could that be the one that 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 activates the x gene or or the mutant gene maybe yeah. but but what she's referring to is when she said the emergence um the celestials had seeded the planet yeah with a eternal I mean, a, a, celestial a celestial egg. egg. Yeah. And ultimately, it would feed off the planet's energy. And or humans. Cosmic, a small amount of cosmic energy that humans produced. They're almost like batteries. That's right. why the deviants weren't, were eating them. And that's why the Eternals were supposed to protect them from the deviants. Right. So yeah. the emergence is that celestial egg hatching. Yeah. And when the celestial emerges from the planet, the planet basically is done. Yeah. It's finished. And so her explanation is the energy that was created by the snap, Hulk's snap, when he brought back the, right. the universe, half the universe, it released so much energy that it jump-started the emergence. Yes. And, it, and it basically made it go faster. Yeah. Um, and she said they have seven days before the celestial hatches out of, and when celestial hatches again, the, the planet is done. Yeah. It's going to be dead. So they've got to figure out some way to either stop it or slow it down or yeah, maybe not, maybe you, not. Who knows? Very cool. It's, it's, I, I like the storyline. The, it was, it was a cool trailer. We'll get, we'll get much more into this movie, those characters, the Eternals themselves, um, the Celestials, we'll break them down. Yeah, the Celestials, we'll talk about you know how they were created and why. And the all deviants, other... the the head of the deviants called Crow, who supposedly has uh, at least in the comics had a relationship with Thena. Uh, we saw a little bit in the trailer of he him this tentacles the two of them like talking, holding, yeah. talking, and um, he seems like a pretty a four eyed bad dude. Yeah. Um, so again, not real happy the way he looks. Not real happy of how shiny and... And, and the other thing I'll say is um, those special effects that they have in trailers are rarely as finished or polished as when we get the final movie. Yeah. So don't be surprised if those... And I think that's one of the reasons why we didn't see the Deviants in the first trailers because they were still working on a lot of that. Oh, I see. Um, but it'll, it'll get better. We'll get into all this a little bit later. I mean, that movie comes out in November. Hey, the fact that we got a full trailer. Yeah, that was cool. 
Um, I can't wait to see it in the big screen when yeah. we go see, you know, Shang Chi. We'll get that that trailer there. So I mean, we're Absolutely. really excited about it. Absolutely, can't wait. All right, but, well, but my level of excitement has definitely increased for that movie. I, I again, I think the purpose of this movie is explain how mutants exist, you know, and celestials and eternals and the deviants and their role in all of that, and introduce Cersei and Black Knight. And I think that's what we're going to get out of this movie. I hope so. Yeah, and we'll be entertained, and it'll be visually stunning, yeah. and we'll we'll go from there. I'm in. All right. Well, let's move into the news section. We got plenty of stuff to cover here too. And this is, of course, sponsored by BSB, bsbswag.com. BSB, you lifestyle son of a bitches. I love you. Yeah. So if you want to go check them out, bsb.com, bsbswag.com is how you get there. Uh, hats, shirts, uh, polos, pullovers. Um, they got it all. Hoodies. They, they, they're, they're Great workout gear. Very, very soft shirts, comfortable, and just cool. Yeah, very cool. So go check them out, bsbswag.com. Thanks, BSB. Yep. All right, well, we got a couple announcements. Before we get into the rest of the news, I, I, I did want to give you the opportunity to talk about a couple things. Um, unfortunately, Fairfax Comic-Con has officially been delayed. Postponed. Yeah, we got pushed back to the spring, people. I'm sorry. We were going to do a live show at, uh, not live, really, but we were going to record our show at Fairfax Comic-Con with a live audience, and uh, I was going to hire some really good filmmaker this kid who does uh lacrosse films a friend of mine chad burke uh his son aiden burke uh is gonna was gonna do some filming for us and put the show together so it would be way better than my show i, I thought you said you, you were gonna hire some smoke shows to be booth girls booth babes well we might we might have some cosplay characters that come in <laughs> as us as Titanium and the Professor, we'll have some cosplay characters. But uh, God. yeah, it's going to uh, a little disappointed. Actually, I'm, I'm really disappointed because. Uh, and they and they, uh, they in their cool own defense, it. they were incredibly apologetic. Yeah. And saying, look, the circumstances just aren't letting this happen. We have plans to bring the Comic-Con to uh, the area in the spring. Yeah, spring. And you're. Look, you want a refund, we'll give you a refund. If you want to stay on the list, we'll keep you on the list, and we'll, we'll let you know what's happening, right? So they were, look, they have entire plans to bring the Comic-Con to the Dulles Expo Center this spring, and we're going to stay on top of it. Yeah, it was nice of them to at least give us that heads up and keep us in the loop. Yeah, so uh, we'll let you know. We'll keep you guys in the loop. And uh, one other exciting thing that Titanium's working on, a merch store. You're working on setting up a merch store for Super Talk. Yeah. So talk about that. Um, I haven't released uh, the link yet to it, but uh, it takes a lot of time because you have to actually build the things that you want to sell in there. So I'm putting some stuff together. Uh, cool trucker hats. Um, these shirts that the professor and I are wearing now, they will be available in the store. Uh, we'll, we'll have a couple other things, some workout shirts, some T-shirts, uh, our famous T-shirts that uh, have been seen in Hawaii lately, if you've seen the Instagram post. Um, so, yeah, that that's going to be exciting. Uh, it just takes some time. But, yeah, uh, be on the lookout for that. Coming soon. Yeah. Merch store. Yeah, Titanium's working on that, and we'll, we'll announce that not only on the show, but in our uh, social media feeds as well. So. Absolutely. Yep. All right, well, let's <laughs> – the other really exciting thing this week, um, on Monday was the Hollywood premiere of – Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So we had the red carpet. They did the full Hollywood premiere out yeah. in L.A. Uh, Kevin Feige was there. All the stars of the movie were there. They screened the movie for an audience. Um, and then the next night was a uh, screening for media. We'll say media. And you and I were literally like 30 seconds away from going to this thing. Yeah, we I, were pretty I had, close an inside lead on some tickets and I just didn't get to it in time. And, and, and unfortunately wasn't ah. able to do it. But anyway, there were a bunch of people who did get to see this movie. Yeah. And here's one of the things that happened. Marvel came out and said, you are allowed to give your first impressions. Look, you can't spoil anything. You can't talk about specific things that happened in the movie. You can't give away any of the, the plot, plot details. De yeah, you can't talk about anything that happened. End credit scenes, nothing. But you can you can say there is an end credit scene, but you can't say Correct, what was in what it. it is. But you are allowed to give your first impressions. And literally Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening, the internet was blowing up from people who had been to see the movie. 
And what I saw was an incredible amount of energy and excitement. Like people were coming back, like literally jumping online the minute they just got out of the theater yeah. going, this is so awesome. I'm yeah. so, I'm still like shuddering from watching this movie. It's so great. So the initial impressions were off the charts. I had people that, you know, that I, I watch and listen to say that this is already in, in their top five Marvel movies of wow. all time. That's a bold statement. Think about that. Wow. Has nothing Top to do with five? any of the mainstream characters we've seen. Wow. No, no, it's, you know, there's like no A-list characters from the comics. No A-list actors. No or Superman. Actresses. No Batman. No Iron Man. No Wolverine. No Fantastic Four. Right. They're like this wow. is already top five wow. and they said that they ever is a home run and they're like couldn't believe how good it was and they said even with all the trailers that we've seen there's still so many secrets and so many things that we haven't seen or heard yet that they're really excited for us to see they can't talk about obviously but they're like i was blown away by all the things that i thought i knew didn't i knew but i didn't know that i was able to see in this yeah. and all i'm saying the initial impression now for marvel to come out what three weeks, two and a half to three weeks before this movie comes out, for them to allow them to do that, what's that tell you? That tells you they're confident about how well this movie is going to be received. No question. Because no they wouldn't question. let them do that. Oh, they wouldn't let people talk about it. And they wouldn't put it out right. this early. They wouldn't give a screening. They if wouldn't they, give yeah. screenings all over the country. Those right. screenings were all over the country. Right. So they wouldn't have done that. You're they right. They would not They're have had those screenings. And they, and they would not have let anybody say anything, even if they were able to go to those screenings. Right. But they said, no, you can give your first impressions. Sure, absolutely. So that's how confident Marvel is in this. That they're going to do well. And the fact that... We got positive reviews. The excitement for this movie. Oh. And you and I talked about this last week, Titanium. I think they were way underestimating how well this movie is going to do in the theaters. I think it's going to do very well. I think it's going to do very well, too. Again, I told you that novice were contacting me. People that aren't really huge Marvel fans or comic book fans. So excited to see this movie. And the fight scenes, from some of the reviews, they the fight scenes are off the charts reminiscent cool. of like Jackie Chan you know it oh. really reminds them of like Jackie Chan movies you know funny funny you say that because Jackie Chan because of these fight scenes Jackie Chan is actually trending on Twitter and in social media right now because of Shang-Chi that's well, amazing and I believe the fight choreography Boy, I can't talk. I got titanium disease. Yes. Titanium tongue. Uh, the fight choreographer. You don't want titanium choreographer. tongue. I'll tell you that right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the fight choreographer uh, is the same from the Matrix movies. So, oh. yeah, that kind of gives you an indication wow. of, of some investments they made into how accurate and you know, realistic. They wanted those fight scenes to be in that movie. And, and we've seen a couple of extended trailers, like the fight scene well, of them falling down the building. That was pretty awesome. I will tell you this right now. Now, somebody sent me a clip saying, you got to see this. This is, looks awesome. And I did watch it, but they've released several clips, several clips online and in social media and titanium shuts it down. I shut it down two to three weeks, two to three weeks before a movie comes out. I don't watch any more clips. I don't watch the trailer again. I don't read a lot about it. I did read some of the reviews uh, from people that have seen the movie, but that I shut it down. But like again, from they're, here on they're non-spoiler the reviews. They're I, basically just I don't impressions. want to hear right. anything, anybody's impressions. I don't want to see it anymore. I, I like to shut it down two weeks before so I can go in there fresh. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like I won't watch the trailer again. I won't well, watch any of it. Look, this comes out a week from Friday. So I'm excited. We're, we're, I'm we're there almost Friday. there. You're going to IMAX, aren't you? You're going to go Thursday see it in IMAX? Thursday night, nice. we're going to go see it in IMAX. I'm going to yeah. go see it Friday. You, you're going away for the weekend, but I'm yeah. going to go see it Friday with us. Uh, and I can't wait. People. And again, all the reactions just make me even more excited for this, uh, even more than I already was. Sure. And, and you know, I, I think we're going to be all pleasant. I got surprised. I got a good feeling about this movie. Me too. I don't about our other movie, but <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. We'll get there. Uh, so another thing I, I saw this week. Um, so Jim Shooter is the original creator of the 1984 Marvel Secret Wars comic book run. And this was the one that we talked about several episodes yeah. ago where... 
Hasbro came out and said, hey, can we get all these characters together yeah. in the same comic book so we can sell some toys? Yeah, we've and talked they, about this in our shows before about yeah. the culmination of all these films in Phase 4 and Phase 5 are gearing towards maybe a secret war. So Jim Shooter was at a local Comic-Con, and oh. he was asked the question, hey, have you been contacted by Marvel about you know them doing Secret Wars? He goes, well, as a matter of fact, you know, so we as creators and artists and writers, when we work for a company like Marvel... We're doing it as um, contractors, so it's, it's basically pay. You're you're paying for 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 your content. They're right. paying us, right? So we create the content, and they own it. So that's part of the contract. Yeah. Even though we're the 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 talent, they own all of the stuff that we do. Correct. When we sign our deals with them, yeah. And that's the way it was back in 1984 when I did Secret Wars. Well, they came to me you know, a, a few weeks ago and asked me to sign some new paperwork. And he said, they said they would give me some money to sign this paperwork. And he's like, no, no, wait, wait a minute. Our, my contract with you guys from 1984 already says you own all this stuff. And supposedly Marvel had nothing in writing that they owned all the rights to secret wars. And they wanted to basically formalize it again. And they paid him a little bit of money, signed it over again. So that tells you, they're doing secret wars. Of course. They, they are. They're going yeah. there. Yeah. And they're just buttoning things up contractually to make sure they own it all. Between you and me, Professor, I hope they paid them a little bit more than just a little bit of money. You know what I'm saying? They paid them a little scratch. Hey, you know, it's sad. It really is sad how many of these artists, creators, writers, um, how many of them really aren't doing that well late in exactly. life. Like, like Stan Lee. Everybody loves Stan Lee. He's, you know... He died not, he was not a rich man. No. People thought that he had all this money and, and, and look, he was beloved. Um, he probably had appearance fees and, you know, you know, to go places and sign things and all these, but look, he was not making all kinds of money on his royalties or anything and else. His family, enough for them to squabble over, but you're right. He wasn't this multi, I think yeah. Robert Downey Jr. was way wealthier than oh he was. Oh my God. Yeah, paid way more money than way Stanley money. ever did. Yeah. Right, yeah. So anyway, um, I hope, yeah, he did get a little he bit He just loved it. He loved, loved, he the loved it for the, yeah, the attention. Right. He was always charismatic and uh, in the limelight. He wanted to be in the limelight and be famous, and that's yeah. what he was. Um, another piece of news that you saw this week, Titanium, uh, you, wanna, you can say it. Uh, the chick from um, Eliz- Shield. Elizabeth Henstridge. Jenna. Elizabeth, how do you say her last name? Henstridge. Henstridge. Uh, smoke show, absolutely. Gemma um, Simmons. Gemma Simmons from Shield uh, confirmed on, confirmed for Secret Wars. And we talked about that last week, right? On Super Interesting. Yeah. Interesting how all this is now being revealed. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. And, it, and it's funny how <laughs> our topics of the week seem to be topics of the week or topics now in a lot of other people's YouTube shows and podcasts. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a little small little operation like ours. You know how we're. Uh, Someone's listening. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully somebody important. All three people out there, hopefully. <laughs> the three who keep watching it twenty Thank two thousand times a week, we really appreciate it. Um, and we saw an official announcement. Not really a big surprise here. Anthony Mackie did sign a contract to star. As Captain America in Captain America 4. They finalized it. We knew that was coming. We talked about it months and months ago. Uh, you and I knew that was coming. We talked about it. And just formal. They just formalized it. They yeah. just got him, they got him buttoned down into a contract. Yeah. And, and I think all these actors work on, uh, some of them sign multi-picture deals. Some of them sign picture-by-picture deals. I think Anthony Mackie had signed on um, to portray the Falcon character through the TV show. Yep. Um, but they were going to extend him, and I, I'm, I'm not sure. Did. I don't know if you you saw, but maybe I'm not sure if they signed him to a single or a multi picture deal from here. But I don't know. I, and you know what? He deserves it, man. The guy Absolutely. is great. Did a great job with the television. Can't wait show. to see yeah. Captain America four and him in that suit again. Yeah, I hope Sebastian Stan gets nailed down for that. He's oh, for becoming sure. very popular for sure. Um, and then another big a big byproduct of Shang Chi coming out this week is we got a lot of Kevin Feige. So he was on the red carpet. He was, you know, they're now ramping up this uh, promotional engine behind Shang-Chi. And they're really trying to get people excited about this movie. So he's going on to every television show. He's going on to web shows. He's going on to YouTube shows. He's being interviewed by everybody. He's blabbing. And he's 
being incredibly forthcoming about a lot of things. Now, he's being Kevin Feige, so he's he's holding back the things that he needs to hold back. But he's being asked direct questions, and he's given some answers that we've been wondering. He's dropping some bomb. Yeah. Ironheart, he dropped that. Yeah, so this is a story that we got that, um, what's her name? It is uh, Dominique Th- Thorne. Dominique Thorne, yep. So she was added to uh, the cast of Wakanda Forever. Rhea... I forget her last name, but she plays a character, Rhea, an MIT genius that reverse engineers the Iron Man suit to her own suit. And, and she's she going to be in Wakanda forever. She's going to be in Wakanda and forever. And she's also going to be in her own Disney Plus series called Ironheart. Yes. They've already talked about making that But she's going to be introduced in Wakanda forever. And now this, I guess the assumption now is any chance that Shuri is kind of like a mentor to her and potentially the new Ironheart suit is made out of vibranium. vibranium. Of course. It has to be. How cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. I still don't know how that movie's going to shake out. I'm a little... Um, hey, I'm I've, excited I've because... I've got faith got, in Ryan Coogler. I, I think I he's too. incredibly I just, talented. So. I, I just wonder how it's going to shake out without the main character. It'll be interesting to see. Well... Speaking of um, Wakanda Forever, we know that Namor is going to premiere in that movie. Now that's going to be huge. One in the comic books, one of the so when the Celestials come to Earth, it's called the Celestial Host. There's mm-hmm. the first Celestial Host, second Celestial Host, third Celestial, the different hosts. I believe it was the third Celestial Host. Some bunch of stuff happened, and it caused Atlantis to sink into the ocean. So the Celestials are responsible for Atlantis sinking into the ocean. Apparently, they they tried to sink the city of where the Deviants were, right? Like their their stronghold, the Deviant stronghold, and they sink that, but they sunk Atlantis, uh, Atlantis as well. It'd be interesting. That's and so be cool. I wonder if that kind of happens so. in the Eternals movie, and which leads uh, right into Wakanda Forever. So that'd be a cool. We'll after credit scene, that would be awesome. So one of the other things that Kevin Feige confirmed this week is, you know, there's been all this, you know, speculation about when the Spider-Man trailer is coming out. And he did confirm, look, you're going to get a trailer before the movie comes out. We're not going to release a movie in December without giving you guys a trailer. It's going to happen. Right. Now, he didn't say when, he didn't say where, but it's going to happen. Look, all the rumors are exactly as you and I reported last week on Super yeah. Talk. We've got CinemaCon coming tomorrow. Monday. Yep. Uh, between the hours, I think, of 4 and 7 p.m. Pacific time, we're going to have... It's exclusive to a a closed audience, but what we've been told is the theory is that Sony is going to release that No Way Home uh, trailer during CinemaCon, and we're either going to get it tomorrow morning, knowing it's going to be released tomorrow afternoon or evening. We're going to get it tomorrow evening, exactly when they show it to CinemaCon, so they do it at the same time. Which is my guess. Or it's going to be done after the fact or Tuesday morning because people are going to come out of CinemaCon and they're going to go online and say, guess what I just saw? I just saw the Sony trailer for Spider-Man. Here's what I saw. Why not just release it at the same time? We all get to see it. Right. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, everybody's tuning in to CinemaCon. I think it comes out tomorrow. As we reported last week, I think it's going to come out tomorrow. I definitely now think it's going to be in the Shang-Chi trailer. For sure, it'll be in there. In the theater. You mean in In the theater. It'll be a trailer for Shang-Chi before the movie. I, I there's no way they show it to at, at CinemaCon and then don't show anything to I mean because then you're gonna have a few hundred people blabbing online about what they saw and why not just show it at that point in time? of course yeah so worst case scenario I think we get it Tuesday morning you know but I, I, think, I think it comes out same time I think it comes out tomorrow night that'd be awesome it would be cool we'll, really we'll be we'll be glued yeah for sure um, and we do know, uh, he did uh, confirm, but we do know that Shang-Chi is, is going to be part of future projects for Marvel. So whether he's part of the next Avengers movie or yeah. some other movie in the future where he has a, 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 a you know partner role. Um, look, Simu Liu, who plays Shang-Chi in the movie, he's been a star. And he everybody says how great he did with that role. And uh, I'm excited for him. I've got a little theory to, to drop on my... Oh, uh, Shang-Chi here. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Kids, pull out your notebooks, your pens and papers. The professor's about to drop some knowledge. I love this. Here's a theory. We haven't talked uh, about and I don't this, know so. this because I've read no know, spoilers. But, I'm, but here's something again, I'm thinking you're now. batting about 700, okay? In, <laughs> okay. In 
what we've seen in the trailers and what we've seen about the movie, the plot of the movie, uh, we know that Shang-Chi's father is, is a man named Wen Wu. And you look at all the toys, and he's listed as Wen Wu. He's got the ten rings on his wrist. Okay. He's listed as Wen Wu. Um, he's referred to that in IMDb. He's referred to that by, by Shang-Chi. But he's never referred to as the Mandarin. Okay. I have a feeling... Oh, shit. I know where you're going. There is a Mandarin I know in the going. movie. And it's and the we, original one. We don't know who he is. We haven't seen him yet. We haven't seen him in the trailers. Interesting. We you know, have no idea where he is, who he is, where, he, where he's been sitting, what's been happening to him. But I believe we're going to get the real Mandarin in the movie, but it's not Wen Wu, who is currently Shang-Chi's father with the Ten Rings, that is not who the Mandarin is. I believe we're going to get the real Mandarin in the movie, and that's going to be one of the big surprises in the movie. Could it be Ben Kingsley? No. I think he's in the movie. For he is sure. in the movie. For yeah, sure. He, he was in the premiere. Yeah, he was at the he premiere. He was at the premiere. Shockingly. The pictures, yeah. No, I don't think it's Ben Kingsley. But I do think Ben Kingsley's in the movie because he's been basically held captive by the real Mandarin. Yeah. Uh, but I do think we get the real Mandarin in the movie. Nice. So, but it's not anybody we've seen in any of the trailers or okay. anything else. But that will be, I think, the big shocker. A character that we see going forward spoiler. in the MCU. Big spoiler by the professor. Now, okay. Theory. It's a total, theory. Total I, fan I get theory. It. I get it. It would be cool though if it was Ben Kingsley and he was only Trevor whatever. Slattery. Trevor, Trevor Slattery, Slattery was pretending. His, yeah, that was his other character right. that he. But he is really the Mandarin. That would be cool. All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the topic of the week this week, and uh, this, of course, is sponsored by our friends over at oh, Studio GG Studios. Our boys, we love you guys. Uh, Studio GG Studios, lip smacking. Uh, wait. No, nope. the new Sensitive one is Timmy. Sensitive Timmy. That's right. That's the one I was in. That's the video I'm in. So go check them out. I mean, you're give, getting give paid royalties for... daily. I don't know how you don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. I right. I got a, instead of a, a grande, I got a vente this morning <laughs> at Starbucks because of Studio GG Studios. So uh, love those guys. Thank you so much for all the graphics, all the sponsorships that you do, uh, pushing our content out through YouTube and other means. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Love guys, you guys. Thank you very much. We really appreciate that. Um, so we've got a great topic of the week this week. I gave you a mission. I wanted you to rank your top five superheroines. And you had some questions. You're like, you mean the actresses that play these people? No, no, no. I'm one. I'm one minded. We already did the smoke, smoke show episode, show, but I want to go back to the smoke shows. <laughs> I have smoke shows on the brain. We already so, did the Smoke Show episode. Okay, what do we got? So I said, hey, let's come up with your top five superheroines. And I and this these characters don't even have to be had been played on TV or a movie or anything. They just they could be in the comic books and we may not have seen them ever. But who are your favorite female superheroes? Basically, what are the best female superheroes yeah. in your fandom? Hey, these are my favorite characters, and here's why just Go through the list. I love comic books. I, I really do. I love comic books. Read them when I was a kid. Uh, know a little bit. Nowhere in your knowledge, but I do love comic books. But when I think of uh, these superheroines, uh, uh, these female superheroes, I always think of the TV, big screen. That That's really? just me. Yeah. So my list is based Influenced on... Influenced by what you've seen in, Yeah, in, I'm a visual guy. I'm an artist, so yeah. I'm a visual guy. Right. Well, let's go. We'll do it like, just like we did last week. Okay. We'll start at number five. Okay. And then... Um, so I can do my five, then you can do your five, four, and then I'll do my four, three, and we'll kind of snake it back that okay. way. All right. So my number five is Psylocke. Um, so Psylocke is uh, Elizabeth uh -huh. Braddock, or Betsy Braddock, uh -huh. in the comic books. Um, she, long story, in the comic books, she's British. Her brother, Brian Braddock, is actually Captain Britain, ultimately, in the comic books as well. But she's a telepath. She has, you know, mind reading, she can read minds, and she can, you know, um, control minds. She, she's a telepath. Um, early on in the comic books, uh, she ends up becoming part of the X-Men at some point in time. Um, but she's like, you know, wears dresses, she's kind of frail, but she has te telepathic powers. Well, there's a point in time in the comics, and this is all facilitated by 
the hand in Japan. They kidnap her. They make her switch bodies with this ninja assassin called wow. Quanon, Quaninon. And she ends up, so she ends up, her mind gets put into the body of a, a ninja, Japanese ninja assassin. Wow. And then she becomes this incredible smoke show in the comic book. So like, if you looked at her character in the comic books before this happened, she was like, you know, wearing these dresses and just, you know, just kind of like a frail. Now all of a sudden she was like this badass ninja assassin who could read minds as yeah. well and now she had a psychic knife that she created with yeah, and, yeah. She, and she had these incredible the fighting knife. skills yeah. um and this was back in the kind of late 80s early 90s when jim lee was drawing the x-men and he would always draw her just as a complete smoke show yeah, she is. Um, and then she was played by olivia munn in the uh x-men apocalypse movie right, let's talk about that a little bit <laughs> so that that olivia tickles munn. your fancy i mean come on yeah she absolute smoke show right. she is so incredible and in that movie they did the like like the the real costume for her yes. you know what i'm saying like they didn't hold back no they weren't politically correct they weren't you know woke they they went off the for thong and, and everything oh you kidding me <laughs> you kidding me yeah. psylocke yeah i mean smoke so, show i just so i like her because of her backstory again what she was and then what she ended up becoming was just this incredible character with these incredible fighting skills yeah. and she became such a more likable character. And, and she's probably one of the most popular female X-Men since that happened. Um, and a lot of it is because of w her history in the comic books. And, and again, the way that she's been drawn and, sh and portrayed in movies and things like that, it's just, she's just fantastic. So that's I'd love one to of my see favorites. Them bring her back when they do yeah. the X-Men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, my number five, speaking of X-Men, my number five is Jean Grey. And the reason why is because of the depth of the character. I, I really like her. I loved her in the movies. I thought even the ones that really sucked, even the Phoenix. Um, what Dark was Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. I, I just like, I mean, come on. Cyclops and Wolverine were intrigued and in love with her. Uh, um, I, I thought she'd And she has tremendous powers. If not right arguably, Arguably Professor the most powerful, arguably the most powerful mutant. Um, Agree, especially when she was possessed by the Phoenix Force. She yes. probably she was by far the most powerful mutant Agreed. ever. And, and the the reason why the Phoenix Force was drawn to her as a person and ultimately possessed her was because of how powerful she was. Yeah, that Phoenix Force said, "Hey, I'm going to find the most powerful kind of human out there who happens to be a mutant," um, and that's why it was in her is because oh I'm I've got this powerful entity that I can possess. And then when the Phoenix Force added its power to her, it just basically amplified everything she could do. Um yeah, I mean even beyond the Scarlet Witch, I think it's at at that point in time she became the most powerful yeah. kind of mutant out there. Um and, and smoke show. Yeah, portrayed in the movies um by two different actresses that we that we we we, we know and love. Bobka yes. Jansen was the first one who portrayed her in the original X-Men series who was a smoke show. She was originally one of the Bond girls, I believe, mm -hmm. and then ended up playing her in, in the original X-Men movies. Yeah. And then we've got uh, uh, Sophie Turner played her in the kind of the next generation of movies that we got. From um, Game of Thrones. From Game of Thrones, right? Yep. Yeah, big, you know, get for her, you know, kind of a very pretty redheaded, you know, just kind of fit the fit the bill. Great actress, though. Yeah. Yep. Great actress. Um and and again, deep character. Yes. So many storylines, yeah. so many plot lines revolve around her character. Um, How yeah. much fun is it going to be sitting on the sideline? You and I are going to be sitting there on the sidelines. We're going to be sitting in the stands, and we're going to get to watch this whole new X Men unfold, and and just enjoy these rich characters coming to life again. I, I just can't wait. Well, again, I'm mean, in my lifetime. I've seen two iterations of the X Men. I mean, again, I. I X-Men are probably my favorite comic book, my favorite yeah. characters. Um, I know Wolverine is your know, favorite yeah. character. One of ones that I've followed, you know, every, uh, you know, gosh, if, if I could count the number of comic books I have, half of them have something to do with the X-Men yeah. and, and some of the X-Men teams. I've seen them. Um, so, yes, I got to see two, basically, versions of those teams be put together on the big screen, and I can't wait for the next one. Um, they're rich, deep characters, and she just happens to be one of the best. Um, one of the original five X-Men, just fantastic, yeah. So, who's your four? Uh, my four, let me pull my list back up here. 
face ID, uh, is the Scarlet Witch. So okay, we can just knock this out because that's my four two. Okay, well that's good. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, and again, I think my impression of her as a character was absolutely enhanced oh. through her portrayal, uh, the portrayal Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen's portrayal of that character oh. in the Avengers movies um, and ultimately the WandaVision series. Um, Elizabeth Olsen hit it out of the park. Um, a bit of a deviation from her um, kind of origin story in the comic books. Really very, very different there. We Again, we know she's a mutant in the, in the comic books. But, I mean, Elizabeth Olsen's, you know, made me like that character much more. But in the comic books, and you know, one of the early, early, early members of the Avengers in the comics, um, incredibly powerful, so powerful that she... You know, disabled ninety nine percent of the mutants on the planet. Yeah, by by just saying so and chaos magic, baby. Um, created uh, the age of uh, awesome. the age of X. You know, just um, did all kinds of things that you know normal people wouldn't be able to do because she's the Scarlet Witch, right? Um, so incredibly powerful. Um, again, the way that she was portrayed early on in the comic books was again much more of a frail. You know, kind of vulnerable, vulnerable character. Very, Had some powers, but you know, yeah. would always get knocked out. You know, somebody Didn't would walk up behind her and them. smack her in the head. Yeah, you know? I mean, it was very vulnerable, and I think that's what I like about this character—the progression of that vulnerable character coming into their power and understanding it. So, yeah, that's my number four too. All right, well, let's go to number three. You want me to go? Yeah, Black Widow. Really, Black Widow. Yep, and again. I'm basing this <laughs> on, on on what the smoke show variable, the smoke show variable. Not just that, but I'm basing this on the character that came through the the movies and the long history of that character. And she's been in the movie since uh, one of the longest running characters in the MCU. She was in Iron Man two. Yep. So if you think about the progression of movies that we got we got iron man one we got captain america the first avenger we got the thor movie then we got iron man two mm-hmm. so this was the fourth movie in the mcu she's been in every movie almost almost every most movies since then uh most of the, all the avengers based movies yeah, like robert, civil war and all robert downey but Jr. she was in winter soldier she was in so many of them yeah um had a huge run uh i'd say scarlett johansson from my perspective, she did a great job with the character in, in the in the movies, without question. Yeah, I loved her early on. I think her portrayal of the character recently in the last couple of movies was a little bit lacking. Really? Oh yeah, I didn't like Black Widow the movie itself, and even in Endgame, I was just like, eh, okay. She maybe it was I was getting you know, she's been <laughs> in so many. Maybe yeah. I was just a little like, uh, okay, yeah, same thing, but. Um, she like did Black not Widow. make my list and, and mostly because I'm basing it on, um, the characters and not the cinematic portrayal of those yeah. characters. No, I right? get that. Yeah, I get that. But she's my, uh, she's my number three. Nothing wrong with your number. No, three. hell no. There's no. nothing wrong with it. All right. My number three is the invisible woman. Sue Storm. Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman. Part um, of the Fantastic Four. Yep. Part I of like the, that. And uh, again... She's an honorable mention on my list. Yeah. Uh, she, as a character, um, one of the most iconic, probably from a Marvel perspective, one of the earliest powerful heroes or heroines in the comic books. Um she was one out of you know one member of the Fantastic Four, but the only female member, and was given a power that was pretty special. Not only could she turn herself invisible, but she could create you know invisible bubbles and all kinds of other things, and and had a pretty special power and a lot of responsibility on that team. And she was one of the characters that I think early on, and this is again back in the '60s when you know women were not. in a position where they were given a lot of credit, she was elevated, I think above and beyond a lot of the, the the villains that they were fighting who were predominantly male. Um, but you know, portrayed by an incredibly Jessica Alba, Jessica Alba. Hello. Yeah. Smoke show. And again, there's rumors abound about who's going to portray that character. That'd be Uh, interesting. 
uh, going forward. But and then we said Kevin Feige on these all these interviews. He came out and said, he goes, uh, you'll be very happy with the casting of the Fantastic Four. We're going to have some seasoned veterans and some new faces. Well, he said, I would anticipate that the casting will be right. just like every other casting for Marvel that Marvel movies that we've had thus far. We have some well-known seasoned um, actors and actresses that people know. And then we have these unknowns that people don't know that ultimately will be are perfect. Yeah. Right. And I, that's cool. And I think, you know, hey, if you put two um, fairly well-known actors or actresses in that team and then two relatively unknowns, I'm It'll happy carry with that. It me too. Sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It, which is, frankly, what they did with the original Fantastic Four. Yeah. They put um, Jessica Alba, very mm. well-known, and they put Michael... What's his name? The guy from, from the Hill Shield. Street Blues and The Shield. The Shield uh, yeah. what's, uh, Michael something. Yeah, he played The Thing. The and, bald guy. Uh, but he was very well known. Yeah. And then they had, you know, Chris Evans and not well known. the other guy. I don't even play Mr. Fantastic, but yeah. he was very, un, very not well known either. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I think they'll do a great job with it. So cool. she's no I number three. All right, why don't you go with your number two? Number two is Batgirl. Batgirl. And I base this on a crush. Which that I version? Have. Uh, the Batgirl back in the Adam West days, that, that <laughs> the redhead, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, she had a red wig. Yeah. But the Batgirl back in the Adam West days, that version, she's cute. Oh, I, I had a crush on her as a little boy in my childhood. That was my crush was Batgirl in those movies, in those, in that show. Uh, so it's always, she's always held a special and Hey, let me tell you something. DC character in my number two. DC character in my well, and she—I I don't think we've seen her portrayed. I don't think we've seen at all even the Batwoman show on. CW. Well, that's Batwoman, different character. I get it, I understand that, but I'm just saying the Bat, the female Bat version has not been done yeah. well. We've seen the closest, and again, we saw Barbara Gordon is now in the Titans, but she's disabled. Oracle. This is Oracle. This is a post, right? You know, this is after the the Joker basically shot her and 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 you know paralyzed her. Um, but we haven't seen Batgirl in any Alicia movies. Alicia Silverstone or, did a, a version of Batgirl. Yeah, but it wasn't Barbara Gordon. No, and it wasn't good. So no, yeah. <laughs> we haven't really seen, but I based that decision. I based that on the 60s of, TV yeah, show. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. All right. All right. I'll give you my number two, which is uh, Jean Grey Phoenix. So that was my number two. And nice. again, uh, I'm going to gravitate, gravitate towards what I know and what I love. And that's, you know, the X-Men and, and again, just... I mean, I, I think they've done a pretty good job with that character in the movies thus far. Um, they can do better. I was I was going to be disappointed if she was not on your list. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I knew she had to be on your list. You are an X-Men uh, yeah. fanboy, so I knew. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and again, part of that is, you know, the, the um, late 80s, early 90s television show, the X-Men cartoon that was on Saturday mornings. Yeah. She was a huge part of that show. Awesome. Um, yeah, and her powers, like I said, like you said, if, if awesome. you could have two powers, those would be two oh, that yeah, you would yeah. have. And oh, she, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. What's your number one? My number one is Wonder Woman. Well, that's my number one, too. So, we'll just, of we'll just cross it off the Of course, it's number That's it. Right. I mean, my top two are DC characters. That tells you, when growing up, I was a DC kid, man. I was a DC. So, Wonder Woman, I mean, not, not just because of... Um, uh, the recent films, Gal Gadot is absolute smoke show, and I think she has done a great job. All she's done is made that character better. Oh, no question, no question. But I love the character even. What before a home that. run! You know, she hit with that. Watching the cartoon, the Wonder Woman cartoon, and watching the <laughs> or Justice flying League, in the invisible jet. I mean, I grew up watching that. Yeah. It's all. She was one of my favorite characters back then. So it, it's got to be number one. It's got to be Wonder and Woman. And frankly, um, I enjoyed so. I enjoyed what DC did with the character and um, don't want to confuse the audience, but they went through kind of a, a, a reboot of the DC comics called the new 52. And that, that happened, I want to say kind of in the early mid two thousands. Um, and when they did that, they changed wonder woman a little bit and made her a little bit more badass. and she could fly and she you know, had a sword carried a sword and a shield and she you know she was before it was cutting people's heads off. Yeah, exactly. She was a little a, hardcore more hardcore. And I really enjoyed that from a comics perspective, that character. Now, let's be honest, the reason why you and I like this character so much 
is because of Linda Carter. Of course. The 1970s Wonder Woman television show. The cartoon and Linda Carter, absolutely. Yeah. That, uh, it's been in love with that character since then for yeah. sure. Gal Gadot. Just icing on the cake yeah, just with at, whipped cream and yeah. a giant chair. But what she did to portray who that character is, the motivations of that character, the abilities of that character, how special she is, was awesome. Yeah, I agree with you. And a smoke show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, All right. Hey, Professor, let's ring the bell. I hear the bell ringing. Uh, so put away your notebooks, kids. Uh, Actually, aren't over. you going back to school next week? Tom- uh, uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. First Four day kids. of school tomorrow. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email, supertalkpodcast at outlook.com or at supertalkpod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone. <laughs> Thank you.